0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I
1: told her I could dance good for a white kid. So turn around, show me everything I might miss. We should take a walk someday Dream about what we could have been But I don't want to leave this place There's no faith in Brooklyn, no If I move out one day They will make me a better man I don't want to leave this place. No faith in Brooklyn. I say repetition, rep, repetition like a muscle man. You just want to tie me up and stem me like a rubber band. It's 2012 and now they want to ask you what's the plan. I tell them never trust a
2: man. All right, we're back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. Presley Meyer, Nick Connor with you after the regular season finale, Louisville Falls, 7161 to Virginia. Uh, spirited uh, end of the end of the game felt like the Louisville attempted to send the seniors off on, on the right foot. Uh, Louisville finishes the season, I believe 12 and 18, the regular season. Uh, But coach Mike McGee says, um, you know, the standard coaching thing there, it's it's zero and they're zero and zero. They have a chance to win five straight games in Brooklyn and the cards have every intention on giving it a hundred percent, trying to get things done. Uh, But Nick, Coming into this game, uh, I think most expected a loss. The the number one takeaway from me, absolutely kind of abysmal efforts against Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. Louisville comes back home. Uh, Malik Williams is back in the fold, plays the most minutes on the team because, of course, he did. And essentially, Louisville had a a much better effort, especially in the second half of this game. Ended up scoring 44 points in the second half, which was, uh, I believe, one more point than they scored in the entire game against Virginia Tech against uh you know I mean Virginia is known for their defense and they're known for for their pace and and dictating how the game is played and and Louisville really kind of took a step forward on offense. Uh, Sydney Curry performed uh, absolutely beautifully once again tonight, but Nick what's your what's your overall takeaway and, and how glad are you that the season is finally coming to an end? Oh well, that's a
3: <laughs> what a lovely way to start. I didn't have a lot of expectation going into the day to be completely honest. I I figured Louisville would lose this game as unfortunately the assumption has been for the for most of the year, at this point, um, but I did really like the effort today. I felt like the cards got a little flat there at the end of the first half. They started a little strong offensively. Then Sidney Curry checked out for some reason that we never got an answer to. Um, the rotation got a little weird. Offense st- stopped executing. But then there, after the ha- after half, got it together. Got back to Sidney Curry in the post. Started working inside out. The things that have worked for Louisville late in the season worked and, and Louisville hit some outside shots, which always helps played some good defense down the stretch, which always helps. I mean, if you would have said that Louisville scored 61, I would have thought they had a chance to win today. And, you know, they did there late, made some some bad mistakes late, had the wrong guys taking shots. But overall, the effort was pretty good. Sid Curry again with 24 and 14 and 31 minutes. I mean, highly effective. I'm with you again on, on Malik playing the most minutes. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You can start him for senior day and not play him 34 minutes. Um, He he was minus nine out there, which was one of the worst plus minuses on the floor. Um, The effort multiple times. I know he knocked down a few outside shots. I still don't care. I I just don't get it with a guy like that. I know everybody was buzzing pregame about his senior day photo with his uh, jersey where he was refusing to smile next to his teammates Um, and and just the way he continues to um, compose himself, I guess you could say. But overall, happy with the effort. Obviously, never going to be happy with a double digit loss on senior day to a team that's probably, at this point, not even going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, But like you said, a chance in Brooklyn, a chance to play one of two teams that Louisville's already beaten, um, and a chance to go out on a little bit of a high note and get ready to turn the page for the next regime.
2: Yeah, and I think that the major thing that's just stood out to me and stood out to everybody over the last month of the season is just the play of Sidney Curry. Louisville, when Malik Williams has been in the game, when he's been active and not suspended and not coach's decision to not play, and this that and the other uh, sydney curry has been the story on this team uh, and, and today we finally got the opportunity to see sydney curry more at the quote-unquote four i know they say that they play tradition that positionless basketball but when malik williams is in the game he is the five in in my mind and when you look at the way that they align on both offense and defense to me that's what a traditional not traditional four but you know it, he's more of a four than a five is what i'm saying and you got to see sydney curry kind of just imposing his will, getting downhill a little bit and and I really, it's just, he's just a kid that I've become super impressed with because he's just stared right into the face of controversy this season and he has continued to become the best player on this team and he progresses. You see him becoming more and more confident and and playing more and more like a, you know, a high level power five player uh, as the season progresses. Uh, And I I thought it was interesting when he came to speak to the media today, Uh, he had a lot of just really good quotables. Number one, he said, that his personal mindset is that he's unguardable and nobody can stop him, which is how he plays. And that's, that was essentially how the question was framed was, you know, it, it looks like when you get the ball in your hands one-on-one or even two-on-one in the post, it's, it's very apparent that you think that you nobody's going to be able to stop you. You're going to be able to outmuscle them. You're going to be able to get around them. You can use both your athleticism and your size. And it's, it's similar to what you saw with like a Shane Bahan and a Montrezl Harrell, something like that, where it's just a guy, he has that alpha dog mentality. And it's a real shame that we didn't see that for the entire season. I know that he's progressively just gotten better and grown within, within his game, gotten more confidence. And I know that he doesn't always bring what Louisville needs on defense, but I think that's the thing that I keep that I'll keep in the back of my mind, the rest of this season and going into the next season, if he winds up being on this team, which all indications point towards Sidney Curry coming back, regardless of who the coaches seems like he really likes Louisville. He likes uh, what, what he surrounded himself with and uh, he's close. He's close to home here. And, and on, on top of that, He just, he seems like he's just very comfortable and it's a guy that's coming from Juco and just like L Ellis, you know, Noah Locke is is coming from Florida and Matt Cross is coming from Miami. Uh, You have some of these guys who are coming into the program and they, they have had the power five high level college basketball experience before. Uh, But when you have a guy like Sidney Curry, it's, it's completely different in Juco. You might be, you know, like stretching on the sidelines not even going in, into a legitimate locker room and, and that, that sort of stuff. Like, I'm not going to act like Juco is like some, you know, terrible high school-esque league, but there's just a lot of it's, – it's just not the same level. Louisville, you're treated like a king, essentially. Juco players especially definitely take, it, take advantage of that. But, yes, Curry said, you know, mindset was that he can't be stopped. The other thing that he said that uh, is going to turn a lot of heads is we show up to practice, we bring it every day, and we are the best team in the country in my mind. And I know the, the way he said it was not in a way that was like egotistical or anything. And obviously he understands that the record is not indicative, but he's just saying that that's the mindset that he plays with every time he shows up and he's in the game, he is going to play like nobody can stop him and like he like they are the best team out there. And he acknowledged as well his ability to as the offense grows more and more around him, his ability to create for others and Mike Beguise even talked about you know Virginia's defense specializes on crashing down doubling down in the low post and they couldn't do that against Curry he's just going to outmuscle two guys or he's going to find an open man and so Beguise you know said that they essentially had to had to call off the double team down low uh, so not only is he just becoming the best player on this team uh, he's just improving overall 14 rebounds today that's something that you wouldn't have said uh, ever thought possible of him in december or january so that's definitely an area where he's really grown just in the last six weeks or so uh and then six for six from the free throw line he airballed a free throw yesterday or uh, excuse me this earlier this week against virginia tech comes back and shoots six for six from the line today pretty impressive stuff finally curry i apologize for being so much on the sydney curry bandwagon but we're really just kind of harping on on the positives and stuff that we are taking away for the future curry said that he came in at 301 pounds, which was the heaviest he's ever been. But his JUCO playing weight was around 250 to 260. This is a different person that he's become because of his work ethic and because of everything that Louisville's put him through. Uh, but he went from 301, that he's down to 252 right now. Kenny Klein kind of jumped in, and you might not have heard this on the radio or, or anything like that, but he kind of jumped in, highlighted the fact that, that Sidney Curry is, if not the hardest, one of the hardest workers on, on this team. He spends three hours a day on what is called the, the alter G treadmill. And I did some, I did some research on this. It's like an anti-gravity treadmill essentially where it it doesn't put as much weight on your knees. So you get the same kind of workout without necessarily having to pound your body being 280, 300 pounds. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought it was fascinating. And if you saw to create a lot of the football games this year, when he was standing next to the football players, as they walked in multiple times this season, you know, you saw like Yaya Diaby or Ashton Jolotti or something like that, or an offensive lineman uh, walking next to him. And he is a physically imposing person. Like he is just so much larger than them. Uh, and similar to the way that I felt about Montrezl Harrell, the, the few times that I'd met like uh, Lorenzo Malden or, or one of those guys on, on the football team and, and been standing next to them. And then you see Lorenzo Malden standing next to Montrezl Harrell. It's a very similar feel. He's just a different type of animal. Nothing but positive things to say about him. As far as the way the season has ended, Nick, if you're a coach on this team, kind of what what is the the attitude, the mindset that you're taking into the postseason? I guess you could think about it from the coach's perspective, but also from a fan's perspective. What What is it that you want to see if they try to finish out this season? I mean, you're still talking about a program who has not done anything in the
3: ACC tournament. To this point of being in the league. So I think that that can still be something. And I know day one, a day one ACC win doesn't feel like that um, in Brooklyn, but it still technically would apply. Um, So you got that to play for and you're playing with house money. I mean, you're a 12 and 18 basketball team. Might as well go win one or two. No one expects you to do it. Um, I'm assuming Louisville fans are not going to travel well, if at all to Brooklyn for for obvious reasons. So, you know, no one's expecting it. The fans aren't expecting it. People within the program aren't expecting it at this point. Um, People within the league aren't expecting it. So go play with some house money. Give some effort. If I'm Pegues, I'm trying new lineups still. I mean, I'm throwing anybody out there who's willing to run the offense to play defense. I mean, whether it's we're going back to the old patterns where he's subbing in three or four guys every two or three minutes or every media timeout, just trying to stay fresh. And do we go back to the Shaka Smart three quarter court press? I mean, something that is like different. And I think that I think that, you know, thinking about that, that's might what might be what you see from Louisville. It's just like, hey, we're going to run a one three one in Brooklyn or like, hey, we're going to run a three quarter court press and we're going to try a motion set like we're going to do things differently because at this point, the buttons you've pressed haven't worked offensively. You saw things today that were encouraging through Sydney Curry. Again, outside shooting, creating your own shot off the bounce, getting anything off the bounce, quite frankly, still doesn't exist. So, I mean, I'm all for throwing anything at the wall and seeing if it sticks in Brooklyn. And again. You win one, it might turn into two and who knows where it goes from there. I did get myself, I was thinking today, you know, because halfway through the game, I had figured it was already over there when Louisville went in that really bad stretch in the first half. And I was thinking, you know, if something insane happened and say somebody got hurt for another team, Duke somehow has to bow out, Louisville somehow gets all the way through Brooklyn, which is not going to happen. Hear me clearly. This will not happen. Louisville might magically win one or two they're not going farther than day two in the ACC tournament but if they did is this team a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament I mean like what do you do with it (laughs) because at that point you're talking about what 17 and 18 team I think if I'm calculating that correctly in the ACC in a very bad league oh man that would just a comical place my brain went but all that to say Play with house money. Do something different. Get Sid Curry thirty points. You know, make that your target. Play Malik Williams less, and just see
2: what happens. If you're just looking real quick, you know Kelly Dickey's always on top of the stuff. The resonant stat guru, if you will. If everything falls into place, and and these heavy favorites uh, win the remain remaining games for the rest of the day, Louisville will start out at seven o'clock on Tuesday against Georgia Tech. Uh, the math, Josh Passner, uh, Louisville kind of. Pretty easily disposed of, of Georgia Tech earlier this season. They are really, really on the downswing right now. Uh, not exactly sure what's going on with their program. Kind of surprising after Georgia Tech literally won the ACC tournament last year. Many people forget that. So, <laughs> uh, But then if they were to win that, then they would play Virginia, of course. But you, you'd be looking at right now, Georgia Tech, Virginia, then Miami. The, the, good, the good news is that you're on the side of the bracket right now, and it will probably remain this way. The same side as Notre Dame and Miami which is much better than the same side as North Carolina and Duke, if you're asking me. If Louisville is, is, is going to make a run, I mean, obviously Virginia is, is the death star, and we hate them and lose to them quite frequently and been bounced from the ACC tournament, I believe twice now for, by Virginia anyways. Uh, but I, I, I like that draw just because Virginia is, you know, they, they were able to find success against Virginia today. They were able to, after kind of letting them get out to a big lead, Previously, when they were at Virginia, Louisville came all the way back to like a three or four point deficit before they kind of let Virginia go on a long run. So if they can just provide consistency for 38, 40 minutes of this game, I can absolutely see them beating Georgia Tech and Virginia. Like I You know, that's that's feasible. Uh, But again, you know, that's it still feels like a pipe dream. Like it still feels like you haven't seen this team do it. So why would they now? I will get into what Mike Begeese said, and, and we'll kind of close the talk about the current team on this. I could only describe the presser today as, as electric from Begeese. Uh, he was fired up, man. He was excited, kind things to say about the seniors and especially about Sidney Curry. Um, he said that once they figure out exactly who they're playing, he's going to get a meal. He's going to get a bourbon and a cigar, and he's going to get right to the laptop, which every that got a good laugh out of I have everybody seems like, you know, a big bourbon and cigar guy and who's not around here. Right. He had kind of like a table pounding moment, like he was trying to get us fired up as, you know, the people in the room or those listening in on the press conference. He says no team in Louisville basketball history has gone through what this team has gone through. And then he paused and he said, so what? He says that the team is going to fight until the last minute End of the press conference on that. But essentially, what he was what he was getting into was just this. I wouldn't say lengthy speech, but you know, just kind of a, sh- a spiel on on not having excuses and not playing with this monkey on your back necessarily. He has gone into depth over and over again about how they're right there with so many of these teams. You know, they're right there with North Carolina multiple times. And granted, North Carolina is not like a a giant slayer or anything this year, but I mean, they're still North Carolina. Uh, they played right there with Duke until the very end. Uh, they've obviously played. Uh, right with Virginia for the majority of games. And it's just it's just going to come down to if, if Louisville can have, have a mental reset. To me, the, the, the one thing that I'd like to see, I'd like to see Curry at, at the four more. You know, I, I'll, I'll emphasize that one more time. I'd really like to see, you know, if, if you're going to have your best player be an undersized big, I'd much rather him if Jalen Withers isn't going to be healthy. Have him soak up those minutes at the four. I think that's a perfect opportunity for him to get into a, back into the place where he's more comfortable. Uh, if you look at his JUCO career, he played beside b- behind, I believe, is Shadon Sharp. So he was he was his teammate in JUCO, obviously, or number two player, I guess, in junior college. Played alongside Sydney in JUCO, and Curry was was extremely comfortable in his position playing. Uh, a larger four versus playing as an undersized guy in the middle. If we're going to be on, on, in this mentality of if Malik Williams is getting in the game, he's getting all the minutes, then let's put Curry next to him on the floor, get a little bit of size on defense, allow Curry to you know stretch the floor a little bit more and get downhill. I guess the big thing that's on everybody's mind though, right now is this coaching search and what exactly is going to happen. And Nick, I don't know about you. I'm not necessarily tired of hearing it. I'm just tired of of hearing people say, We'll just make it happen. Make Kenny Payne happen. Let's go. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Well, I mean, you just have to think about the logistics of everything. And and it's just not, (laughs) it's not as simple as people want to make it out to be. And this coaching search, I'd like to point out, is just so different than anything Louisville fans have ever experienced. Uh, Bobby Petrino left with two weeks left in the season. Nobody's, we've never experienced something where the coach just like left, right? Like, especially in Louisville basketball history, this is, this is unprecedented. So of course this coaching search is going to feel longer, but, a lot of the, the candidates, if you're truly vetting a bunch of people around the country, a lot of the candidates are going to be priming themselves right now for this is their busiest time of the year. They're getting ready for their conference tournament, for the NCAA tournament, and, and, and beyond. Still having to worry about their program and recruiting. These are guys that aren't, that aren't sleeping, worried about their own programs. And so Louisville has made it very apparent. You know, they went out and got one of the best search, search firms out there. So Nick, I, I guess I would just ask you what 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 is your opinion on the timeline and are you one of these guys that's like, oh well, if it doesn't happen, if Kenny Payne's not hired the day after the they're knocked out of the ACC tournament, then then we're just not going to we're just not going to have Kenny Payne.
3: I think there has been a lot of tolerated smoke screens out there. Like I I just I generally think a lot of things have been left out there to be talked about so that Josh Hurd and company behind the scenes can do their work. The search firm behind the scenes can do the work and whether that's with Kenny Payne and the Knicks or whether that's with Scott Drew and Baylor or whether that's, you know, with Eric Musselman, I don't know, but I'm very confident that things have been going on. I'm very confident that the, the firm has been doing work. Um, I I am very confident that Kenny Payne has not been locked down for two months as some people claim to know from who knows where Um, and, and regardless of if there's a verbal agreement with somebody out there, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like you said, the timeline is going to be this way, no matter what, this isn't college football, um, where the early signing period is immediately after the season ends. And that's what forces the hands of these programs to go poach guys during bowl season, or even during the conference championship week. Like we saw with like LSU and Brian Kelly and things like that. It's just a different timeline. Like you said, if it's a current coach of a current elite team, then he simply doesn't have time to be hired right now or to have talks or have his agent be doing that behind the scenes because he's got too many things to worry about on his own plate with his current staff and organization. I just simply think a lot of things have been tolerated and been talked about publicly. If anything, the university is being talked, talked up and being talked about a lot. And so I'll take that. And I think, I think Louisville fans are just so conditioned at this point that any, any news is bad news. And then no news is still bad news. And so we're on both sides of that spectrum. And so we just are like, we haven't heard anything and we didn't immediately hire somebody who we consider to be elite. And so therefore uh, we're hiring somebody who's not fit for the job. And you know, all these coaches have turned it down behind closed doors and then that's going to become public. And then you just just go all the way down the list of all of these things that you think are going wrong. But again, I, I just think it's a smoke screen works being done behind the scenes. Josh heard, you know, as, as, as Piggy said today, it is still getting a lot of support from behind the scenes and, and boosters and those things for himself and his push for the eighty job. And I, I think all these things are happening, and it's all going to make sense here in probably a matter of a few weeks. But again, I think anybody who claims to know a specific day or a specific person on a specific day is reaching
2: at some level. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this just a little bit. A lot of people are saying media is out there saying it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Kenny Payne's coming to Louisville. It's happening. It's done. And I think that a lot of this stems from simply one or two people kind of igniting that fire. And like, I'll, I'll just be very forthcoming about, about my opinion. So uh, Jeremy at Cardinal sports zone, good, good friend of of the program. I, I would, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for that guy, a guy who played football at Louisville, a guy who's had me into his own house to, to, you know, collaborate on podcasts and other things. Great guy, awesome person. Rarely hear anybody having anything negative to say about him. Uh, seems like he's he is mutually liked and respected by almost any Louisville fan around. Right. And so when he says things, people are going to listen. And he's been at him, that Kenny Payne has been a done deal. Um, I've even heard stuff where people are texting me, "Hey, you know, I heard the Cardinal Sports Zones guys are saying." Uh, and, and granted, you know, it's it's like a game of telephone, right? Like you you hear one thing, and you don't know if it if it's a hundred percent truth or what. But people are saying, "Oh, well, I heard uh, three and a half million for X amount of years," and you know, things start spreading like wildfire. And really, all it takes is is one or two respected people to say something. And then all of a sudden, it becomes like it's it's taken as the gospel. You, you absolutely, no no shade to, to those guys. And if that turns out to be the case, if Josh Hurd comes out and says, or the the search committee comes out and says, you know, oh well, it's, it was pretty much a baked in decision. We were going to hire Kenny Payne. We just wanted to dot our eyes and cross our t's. Then yeah, hats off to you. You had you had the decision first. I think it's a pretty easy thing to say that Kenny Payne is is going to be Louisville's next head coach. The reason being because it seems like it's something that's been lobbied for so hard and has made a lot of sense for so long, even going back to when Chris Mack was hired. It's it's kind of an easy assumption to make that it's going to be Kenny Payne. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, it, I would be I'd be shocked. I would be just absolutely taken aback if it's not him. And to be honest with you, I'd be very surprised, too, if it wasn't Kenny Payne at this point. I'd be it, I'd be pretty thoroughly surprised. But at the same time, from. A lot of people that, that I've spoken to and a lot of people that you hear talking about it publicly say it's absolutely not a done deal. They're absolutely still waiting for people, more people to, to reach out to apply. I think that, like you indicated, Nick, there can be a lot of smoke screens out there. And that's what this search firm is known for. You know, we talked a, a couple of podcasts ago about the guy who is like the, the mastermind, the, the head honcho of this search firm. He's done stuff like send, send empty airplanes across the country. Just just as a exactly that a smokescreen to, to make people think stuff. So like people are going to start trying to put two and two together and it's not going to make sense just because of the way that that these guys operate. They want the whole reason you hire a search firm. Number one is because you don't want to do what you did last time. And Chris Mac, Chris Mack was a baked in decision. Right. Tom Jurich had his as my dog squeaks his toy in the background. Tom Jurich had his kind of just he was notorious for his list. He just carried around this list. Every program, this is this you're always looking for the next person. Right. And Chris Mack was the next guy. That's the guy he had circled. So whenever Tom George was, was kind of forced out of, out of the athletics program, I'm not going to say it was an easy decision for Vince Tyree, but I mean, it was almost like the decision was already made up for him. Right. You know, we've heard various comments about Kenny Payne not getting a serious enough look. I mean, look, it was baked in from the time that Vince Tyree took over that it was going to be Chris Mack. It just made way too much sense. He was the best coach out there. He was from right down the road. He had family in Louisville. He was a, a good personality fit from from all aspects. And when he came in, I mean, immediately Louisville started having success when he when he came to Louisville. So it, it's hard to say that Chris Mack wasn't wasn't a great decision. But at the same time, you don't want to make that mistake twice. You don't want to not thoroughly vet every single coach that you possibly can. I, I think that's that's kind of why we're still out here going over these other names because. Look, it, it, it's not a done deal, if, if, and I've been told personally to my face by people who I thoroughly trust that it is not a done deal, and this would be one of the greatest smoke screens in a history of college basketball coaching hires if it is a done deal, right? But, but Louisville is completely wasting their money if it was a done deal a month ago. Why hire the search firm? Why go through this process? Not, none of that adds up. None of it makes sense. To the people who believe that, that it, it's done and believe that Louisville is going to go forward with Kenny Payne, you know what? They probably are. He probably is ultimately going to be the best candidate. But to say that it's locked in, that it's done. And, and uh, you know, we're even hearing dates thrown around. You know, I texted somebody today that, that I trust and said, OK, I've heard the, the date March 13th over and over again. March 13th, March 13th. You'll see March 13th. It's going to happen. OK, well, we'll see March 13th. But I don't I think that's a lot of just it's a lot of smoke and not not a lot of fire yet.
3: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there, there's significance to that date. I mean, that's Selection Sunday. That's part of the, the concept there of like wanting to be the news heading into the bracket release, um, knowing you're not anywhere in the conversation to play in the NCAA tournament. And I understand that. And I understand trying to dominate the headlines when you do release it and not releasing it on like a Friday news dump or something like that. But again, I don't think the search firm is concerned about that as their number one priority. And if they are, then we hired the wrong people to do that. And, and again, like you said, if it's Kenny Payne, it's Kenny Payne. And that's great. And that's what it needs to be. And if it's not, it's not. And that's the way the cards needed to, you know, to fall as well. Hopefully they, they continue to do their job. And I, I firmly believe they are. And uh, you know, I think like, I, like you said, like I said, I think we will find out here soon enough, but again, trying to pinpoint this domino and this domino and what this person said to this person and what people are saying publicly versus what they're saying privately. All of that is just a headache and it's, it's quite simply not, not worth your time. And hopefully this edition of Louisville gives us something in Brooklyn to, uh, to distract us with for, for the next week.
2: Yeah. I would say my, my comment to the whole search and everything else is, is that if you don't have a coaching hire about a week after Louisville's knocked out of the tournament, then I would plan on, I would plan on sitting around and waiting just a little bit. Like you indicated, Nick, there's not really a, a sense of urgency uh, to make the hire. Obviously, you want to keep the recruits around. You want the the players that are currently on the team to kind of be in the know and, and get them uh, acclimated with their new coach as soon as possible. And I know these things, you know, they just take time, man. And, you know, you look at a guy like, like Scott Drew, and, and I know that people keep saying, you know, well, it's just a ploy to get him more money. I mean, but you've heard. He already from- got more money. Exactly. And you've you've heard, you've heard from two different people now, number one from Bob Balbano, who has a different source than number two, Jeff Greer, who both say that they have heard from from different sources that he is absolutely 100% interested in the position and he's more than willing to listen. But look, Scott Drew's about to have a number one seed in in the NCAA tournament. He's vying for back-to-back national championships. He's playing in a pretty solid Big 12 conference. There's a 30% chance that you could get Scott Drew, right? Like if, if, you know, you've been in talk with his agents and, and he's interested and really it's just going to come down to when you guys meet meet and see if you can secure the bag or not. If that's what it comes down to, it might be the first week of April before he's able to have that conversation or later. If that's the case, I, I absolutely think Louisville's going to wait. Why why wouldn't you? <laughs> and talk about dominating the headline, right? What, what happens if he goes to back-to-back Final Fours after winning
3: the national title and then you poach him the next week? Talk about dominating the headline. that's yeah. that, That's number one
2: story right there. Absolutely. And and that is, that's how you gain traction. That's how you turn things around. That's how you change a program. And yes, I think that Kenny Payne would be a decent hire. And I think that if, if you're not hiring somebody that's currently a power five head coach right now, that Kenny Payne is the best option. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that because he's a guy who you're not, you're not worried about who the AD is going to be you're not worried about who the president's going to be, you're not worried about shelling over, you know, massive amounts of money. Like there's a lot of positives about making that higher, but if there's a chance that it's going to be another guy who who can come in and be this home run, absolutely awesome hire, then you wait. I'm sorry but you do, and I know that's going to annoy fans, I know that's going to, you know, that's going to it's going to dominate the headlines that, you know, Louisville botched it by not locking down Payne soon enough. And, and I'm sure that, that people who are in Payne's corner, if he ultimately doesn't get the job, there's going to be a bunch of backlash. But I promise you, if it's if it's one of these big name coaches, keep saying Scott Drew because that's the, the name that we've kind of heard. You know, there could be other people behind the scenes as well. But but if, if that's who it ultimately ends up being, then I'm sorry. It's 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 worth waiting for and I I, I don't care about the backlash because nobody's going to care about that come June. Nobody's going to care about that when you're bringing your better players back and nobody's going to care about that. If if you start bringing in solid recruits, you know, you start winning people over with press conferences, you start seeing the DNA of the program have positive changes. I I don't think anybody would care about that come middle of the summer. And so people are going to him and hall and say, they're not going to come to games and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Let them do that because ultimately when the product on the floor is back to the way that it should be, none of that's going to matter. And so ultimately, I think that that's what Josh heard and what coaching search committee is trying to do. And yes, one more time, I'll say it. I think that it would be surprising if it's not Kenny Payne at this point. But to say that it's not that it's a done deal would be if it is a done deal, then it's 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 the greatest ruse of all time. I can promise you that the greatest the greatest ruse in my lifetime around around the Louisville athletics program for sure.
3: Oh, we're going to clip that and we're going to send that absolutely worldwide. What
2: a quote. Let's do it. Fred, Let's, send, let's send it worldwide. Worldwide West, if you will. Nick, any final comments about the coaching search? Any any other names that you want to throw in there? You know, I've, I've been really high on Matt McMahon lately. You know, I was just sitting here watching the Suns last night. Campaign had 16 assists. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, two of the, the better players in the league. Well, I mean, obviously, John Miranda is, is a superstar. Again, campaign. Murray State guy and then going to be maybe two other prospects from Murray State they got two losses on the season one of them's to Auburn and the other one's to Belmont that's a pretty solid resume there and a guy that's already in state that would kind of know the territory and everything else like that that's the only other name that's really flown across my radar that I've been super impressed with lately Uh, any other comments on on just the coaching search in general or any other names that are starting to stand out
3: I think for me I'm less concerned with who the guy is right now, and I know that that's obviously what's going to dominate the conversation. But I I do really think Louisville is a sleeping giant if they're even sleeping at this point. The revenue's there as far as the market. Fan base is obviously there. Anybody who knows anything media-wise knows it's a good position without even talking about the program's history, multiple national titles, all the Final Fours, all the deep runs in the NCAA Tournament. All those things, the lack of an NBA team, the lack of a professional team in the city, all the things set up for this job to really get back to where it has been really, really quickly. And I'm I'm just not that concerned. I mean, if it's Kenny Payne, if it's Scott Drew, if it's Musselman, if it's anybody, you know, fill in the blank. I, I don't think they're going to swing and miss here. I just really don't. And I think there were a lot of factors with the Chris Mack Era that just made it go the way that it did, and you can't you can't necessarily pinpoint one thing. I mean, you can go back to COVID and say, you know, that team doesn't go to, that team goes to the NCAA tournament in 2020. We're never in this situation. I firmly believe that, and I firmly believe a deep run with that team leads to more recruits and leads to um, better coaching staff decisions, and just just the cascading effect of that might have led us to where we are. But all that to say, the program is not that far away. I know it looks like it with the 12 and 18 product. I know it looks like it with the team that. Started four zero in conference play and finished six and fourteen, and it's going to be you know a ridiculously low double seed in a bad league playing on the first day of the conference tournament. All of those things, Louisville should not be in the situation for. But all that to say, Louisville's not that far away. All the factors are still there. The boosters are there. The fan base is there. And so I, I think that's the thing for me is like stop losing sleep over if it's Kenny Payne or if it's not Kenny Payne because this program is going to be back. And I just, I firmly believe the pieces are there, um, that the products there, we've got recruits lined up who are already saying they want to come regardless because they want to be in Louisville and they want to play for that brand and that, that team and just go with that and, and look to the future and Kenny Payne, you know, Scott Drew, whoever it is, I'm ready for Louisville to win again. And I think that's, what's going to happen very soon.
2: You're absolutely right, man. And I mean, I think that a lot of people don't realize the program sells itself and those around the program, there's been a standard set. That's very obvious because if the standard wasn't set, then the pressure would not have been on Chris Mack the way it was this year or last year, uh, to, to be completely honest with you. But there, there is a standard within, the, within this program, and those around it will not allow it to fail. And if it is failing, then the donors and the boosters and, and those in the know and people who donate money, they're going to make sure that they withhold that money. They're going to make sure that they, they speak with their dollars. They speak with their presence at games. Uh, as they have towards the end of the season. Nobody around here is going to accept mediocrity and that's kind of essentially what you've seen in in the last 4 to 5 years since since Rick Bettino's departure. Ultimately, there's a lot that played into that, a lot. Don't get me wrong, that that sucked, but that's also kind of what Chris Mack walked into and he knew what he was getting himself into and ultimately it it became a failure for for one reason or another. Uh, and, and so ultimately, I'm just I'm excited that we finally got this just cruddy Terrible season over with. Uh, we didn't do a podcast after the last game, just just out of out of respect because we were just mourning. I tried to find the courage and and the the strength within me to do it at eleven thirty p.m. on a on a Tuesday night, and it just wasn't in me, man. It just wasn't in me, and it, you guys didn't deserve to hear that. That's you right. didn't deserve it because it would have been ugly. But folks, we had uh, seventeen. This will be our seventeenth podcast right after a loss. That's a lot. That's too many for me and Nick. Nick's uh, started losing hair since we started doing this. It's driving him banana grams. But no, we're we're excited to move on to the postseason. Let's see what we can do in the postseason. And let's just get into this coaching search. We're going to enjoy this journey with you guys. And let's just go get some doves in Brooklyn. Uh, we'll see you there. Go Cards. Go
1: Cards. No faith in Brooklyn. No faith in Brooklyn no faith in brooklyn baby we should take a walk someday dream about what we could have been but i don't want to leave this place with no faith in brooklyn